from New Christian Life Church, located at 3945 Old Boynton Road, Boynton Beach, Florida, 7828, where the pastors are Richard and Emma Butler. So when I started this, it's about the 23rd song. Can you write, just a little recap. Can you be, can you write a 23rd song? Can you be David? Can you be close to God to write this? So I gave an exercise. Read the 23rd Psalm five times a day for seven days straight not missing when you first wake up after breakfast after lunch after dinner before you go to bed five times seven days in a row got that that's what we do when you first wake up after breakfast after lunch after dinner before you go to bed read the 23rd psalm read it Don't memorize it. Don't pray it. Read it. And as you're reading, I'm not sure if I said this, you're supposed to envision yourself walking and talking with God as you were holding hands, as he's the father, as you're the child, just walking and talking, holding hands. You're looking to him. He's looking at you, and you're just having an intimate time, fellowship, and that's how it is. So... Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. A man is what he thinks about all day. So if you can think about this all day, this is what you'll be. A man's life is what his thoughts make it. Change your thoughts and you can change your world. The 23rd Psalm is a pattern of thinking and when a mind becomes saturated with with it, a new way of thinking, a new way of life are the result of it. So I'm just going to give them some, uh, just some clarification on, say, in a personal way. Just a little, you know, a different outlook on the 23rd Psalm, verse by verse. So last week we did verse 1 and 2, this week is 3 and 4. So three is, he restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. David remembered that as a sheep, as the sheep start out in the morning to graze, 
Each takes a definite place in line and holds that same position all during the day. However, sometime during the day, each sheep leaves its place in line and trots over to the shepherd. The shepherd gently rubs the nose and the ears, lightly scratches the ears, and whispers in an ear of the sheep to reassure, to encourage the sheep as the shepherd would. And the sheep takes his place back in line. David remembered how close he once was to God, how God protected him as he went out to meet the giant Goliath, how God guided him along the way to success. Then David got busy. Now we know what that means. David got growed up. He went out on his own. He did what we call today his own thing. He was able to look after himself. He felt no need of God. David lost his nearness to God. He did wrong. He became unhappy. His burden of guilt became too heavy to bear. Then David repented. God heard. God forgave. And God restored. He became a new man. The human mind is like the human body. It can be wounded. Sorrow is a wound. It cuts deeply, but sorrow is a clean wound and will heal unless something gets into the wound, such as bitterness, self-pity, or resentment. So what that means, it's going to heal, but in the healing process, things can get in the way of the healing, and that's what creates those uh, different negativities. There is only one physician who can heal. The 51st Psalm is the prayer David prayed. He restoreth my soul. He revives life in me. Like a watch, the human spirit can just run down. Life, okay. Like squeezing the juice from an orange and leaving just a pulp. Life has a way of squeezing the spirit out of a person. And the person is a shell or can become a shell. The Bible tells that God made the first man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And God has the power and the willingness to breathe a new breath of life into the one who has lost or once was lost. Only God has that power. So with that shell, God can renew and restore all of that just by one breath, just by him speaking. But there is a thing that we have to do, and that's repent. The psychiatrist's couch cannot take the place of the church in solving the problems of a frustrated society. He restores my soul. He revives life in me. So that's just a glimpse of he restores my soul. So I'm going to do a lot of reading, but just want to give you a little different outlook. This is basically exercises for us. 
for you to do, period. That's what this, this Bible study is about. It's for you. Now, our relationship and intimacy can always be closer to God, always. It is never to the place where you think you know God because God, as you can see, he can throw a changeup. He can throw a fastball. He can throw a screwball. He can throw any pitch there is in baseball. Don't think you ever know God. I, I, I tried it, okay? <laughs> he has a nice changeup. Don't think you're going to ever know. Just know that he is God, and he is there for you, and he can do anything for you. But it's still his will. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It is, e it is so easy to get lost in the world, in this world. We come to the forks of life and can't decide which way to turn. There are decisions to be made, and yet it is so hard to decide. We do get lost. We do need guidance. And confidently, David in the 23rd Psalm declares, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. On the right path, basically. On the right paths, in the right paths, the right way. As much as we can go this way, whatever way we think we're going, God is always going to have the right path for us. Doubtless, David remembers his own experiences as a shepherd. He knew that the sheep has no sense of direction. A dog, a cat, a horse can get lost and find their way home. They can find their way back home. It's like they have this uh, automatic compass within them. Not so with a sheep. The sheep has very poor eyes, can't see far distances, and have no instinct of home other than the shepherd guiding them. Some of these paths lead to a precipice over which the sheep might fall to his death. You ever see the sheep on those cliffs? You know, they always talk on the animal planet. They're just very close to falling. That's what it's talking about. The sheep are right there. All it takes is one slip. Boom, they're done. Other paths lead up to a blind alley. But some paths lead to green pastures and still waters. The sheep follow the shepherd knowing it's always walking in the right path. Sometimes the shepherd leads over steep and difficult places. You still trust the shepherd. But the paths he follows always end up somewhere. Now what is that somewhere? The, the, the sheep are always willing to trust that somewhere it's the shepherd's judgment is eventually the right way. So it was something I saw. It says, Lord, I will place my hand in thine, nor ever murmur, nor repine. That's mean complain. Content whatever lot I see, since tis my God that leadeth me. That's old back in the days. 
you, you know, Baptist. I know that's Baptist. Y'all might say AME. For some of the paths of righteousness mean hard going at times. Though God does not put a bed of roses on a battlefield or a carpet on the racetrack, though he does not promise us an easy, effortless life, he does promise us strength and he does promise to go with us. So if he's with us, the rose is already there. The psalm says he leadeth me. God doesn't drive. He is climbing the same hill that we climb. Man is not alone. As we take one step at a time, we can walk with him in the right path. It says, a wise man says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This is true. The person who sincerely seeks to do God's will, whatever his will may be, will know the leadership of eternal wisdom. He will lead you to your promised land. So here we are with, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. It says the 23rd Psalm is the nightingale of the Psalms. The nightingale sings its sweetest when the night is the darkest. And for, for most of us, death is the most terrifying fact of life. We bring our flowers and we have lovely music. But not even flowers and music can make a tomb a place of cheer. <laughs> and death still makes us afraid. We feel so helpless and alone. Of course, the valley of the shadow of death refers to more than the actual experiences of physical death. It has been translated the gloom, the glen of gloom. It might refer to every hard and terrifying experience of life also. The sheep herder describes an actual valley of the shadow of death in Palestine. It leads from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea and is a very narrow and dangerous pathway through the mountain range. The path is rough and there is danger that a sheep may fall at any moment to his death. As I said before, as we're climbing, God is climbing with us. As we're going, God is climbing or going with us. If we have all of our trust in his hand, then all will be well. Now, I didn't say you may fall and bruise your knee or scrape your hand any of those things but God is a restorer and he will make sure that if you do fall you will get up through his strength and through the blood of his son okay so if we rely on the shepherd and as we are the sheep we must believe that all will be well but we have to believe
It is a forbidding journey that one dreads to take, but the sheep are not afraid. Why? Because the shepherd is with it, and so come those dark places in life which we are compelled to pass. Death is one. Disappointed, disappointment is another. Loneliness is another. There are many more. What is yours? The valley of the shadow to get off by many themselves is a quiet place. Quit struggling for a little while. Forget the many details. Stop your mind for a little while from hurrying on to tomorrow and to next year and beyond and be concerned about now and today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Just stop, become still and quiet, and in the midst of your glen of bloom, you will feel a strange and marvelous presence, more powerful than you have ever felt before. So it says, thou art with me. There is power in his presence. Wherever your path leads, don't be afraid. Why? Because thou art with me. There is power in his presence. Now, as I said in the beginning, for some people that missed it, I'm only going to do day by day and scriptures day by day because I want you to meditate on each, each, each of these verses day by day. I want you to get this in your spirit. I want you to walk with this. Uh, as I said, as it happened today with me, the more you seek, the more you get close, the more the fool is going to try to separate. We should know that by now. He does not want us to get close. He does not want us to hear what God has to say. He does not want us to have any good thing. But if you're led and you trust and you believe and you have faith in your father, you have to believe and know all will be well. Or I should say all is already well. How about that? So one thing about him, he's very cunning. He's very quick. He doesn't he doesn't have a plan. Okay. The fool doesn't have a plan. His plan is only only plan he has is to trip you up. That's it. He doesn't sit back and think about how he's gonna do this. Okay? He doesn't know how to do that. All he's going to do is come quick. That's it. That's why the, the, the verse says he's going to come quick. Yes, the burglar, he has a plan. He wants to scope you out and stake you out. The only thing he can do is go to the father. And when he finds that out, his thing, when he finds out what the Lord is going to do for you, all he wants to do is hurry up. I cannot let this happen. It's going to happen regardless. <laughs> Once you're in the will of God, that's it. You just have to believe and trust. It's going to be hard. I'm not claiming it's going to be hard. I'm just telling you, there are going to be situations in our lives that just seem hard. 
Now, some people may not have that same hardness that you're having. That's not for them. They can't handle that. You can handle your hardness. They can't. You can't handle their hardship. You see how that works? Everybody has their own walk. Now, I may be able to sustain, uh, take the blow, or take two or three blows and keep on going and, and walk around and, and take my hand and want to do like this. But somebody else can't do that. You still have you. God will equip you for whatever you need. You have to trust and believe. You have to. There's no other way about it. There's no doubting. There's no nothing. You, you, you just stand on the one. Like I said before, when you get out that bed and your two feet hit this, hit this, this, this ground, you're supposed to just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And you keep on moving. Now, the one thing is, in your walk, I tell you, sometimes I don't want to love. So I don't want to divert too much away from this. So we're going to keep with the last, the last one, which is, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I explained this before, but a rod, a rod and a staff. You ever see how they have the Jewish movies and the TV shows or even you see the shepherd? He has this long and a short. One is uh, it's like a stick. Basically, it's a, it's a stick. But at the end of it, it, sometimes it has a ball carved out or it has something with a certain thickness that when it hits, you're going to move. That's the protective part. Okay. Then the other one is a, is like a club. The other one is a, uh, what is it called? It's a, it's a hook on it. Well, the hook is to bring you back or is to, to carry or to make sure that you don't fall. It's, it's, it's designed to fit right at the perfect place to keep you and is also keep you from harming yourself so it says here's a little story it says a man who was hurt badly in a cyclone i don't know what a cyclone is it's worse than that's like the hurricane and all of that all in one from then on much of the joy of life was gone from him not because of his, his injury, but rather because he was afraid that another cyclone might come. But even if it did, there was nothing he could do. Now, I met some people when I first came to Florida. Uh, some kids, a family that uh, was dispersed um, from, uh, I think it was Hurricane Hugo. One of those, it was back in whatever, it was 90, 92. Whatever hurricane that was, it was down there in a homestead. And whatever one that was, there were kids, this family, whenever it thunders, whenever it rains hard and heavy and lightning, they would get scared. And if you were outside, to us, it was just regular weather. But to them, it was a hurricane is coming because they experienced it. So these kids would have this dread, I mean, this fear in them, and they would just get in the house, run. I mean, little kids. 
just running out, get in out, this, this, and that. And they were very fearful. So I understand about this story about the cyclone. So he worried because there was still nothing he could do, nothing he would be able to do, even if he saw another one coming. Until one day his children decided to build a cyclone cellar, a fortress. They completed it, and the man looked at it with relaxed joy. So now, no matter how hard a cyclone blew, he had protection. It was a great comfort to him. So even in the midst of your storm, God is going to provide shelter. Just like that, he's going to provide shelter. We have to believe it. But we don't always know who it comes from. We, it may come from somebody you think you don't like. You may have said the wrong thing. That's why you have to be careful about your tongue. Or who, 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 who is who? Nobody knows who's all of God's people. Nobody. There's no mark. There's no sign in the physical on, on anyone's forehead. But the mark is, God, is from God that he's marked his people. He knows his people. But we don't always know them. So we have to be careful with that and still show love. So you don't know where your comfort will always come from. Your shelter. So. So here we are, we read the rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So the sheep is a helpless animal. It has no weapon from which to fight. It is easy prey to any wild beast in the field or wherever. It is totally afraid. So that's why the shepherd carries the rod, which is heavy, a hard club. It's about two to three feet long. And he also carries his staff, which is longer. It's called, there it is, it's called a crook. And the end of the staff is a crook. All it is is like a, a big C. Now also, when it's time to sleep, the shepherd puts the sheep away. And so they all huddle together. But at the doorway, that's where the shepherd lays across the, the doorway. So that's why they say the shepherd, the sheep herder is a, they call it a dirty job. But to him, it's everything. Because this is what they, this is part of their, their, their livelihood. So he sleeps across the doorway to ensure that no one gets in. That's his protection. And the sheep see and they know that. They feel all of their comfort because they know he is going to protect them at all costs. No one is going to harm them. They know this. So here's another story. So many paths in, palace, in the Palestine uh, land were along steep, si steep sides of mountains. This is what I was talking about early, earlier. The sheep would lose its footing and slip down, hanging helplessly on a ledge below. So with his staff, the shepherd could reach down, place the crook over the, over the, over the sheep, the chest, 
and lift it back into the, the pathway. The sheep instinctively, instinctively is comforted by the shepherd's rod and staff. It is the comfort of knowing that the shepherd will be able to meet any and all emergencies. There are needs of ours and life that we cannot meet. Like St. Paul said, it comforts me to say now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. There it is. That's our insurance policy right there. Our God who's able to do all that we think or ask. Even the thoughts of what we might even think walking down the street, even those thoughts God hears and he answers and he, and he runs to it. You're not even just you're not even praying. You're just thoughting it. And he still answers it and he still gives because of love. God is my salvation. What foe have I to fear in darkness and temptation? My light, my help is near. Though hosts encamp around me firm in the fight, I stand. What terror can confound me? with God at my right hand, thy rod and thy staff. That's it. So that's our lesson for today. I don't want to go any further. I just want you to uh, just take that in. That's it. Like I said, I don't want to, I want, I want to let this, I want this to sink into you for those that weren't here. Uh, can you write your 23rd song? Can you do that? Yes, you can. You, you pretty much write it every day. You do. But here's a different way of getting closer to God, an intimate way. Because what, what David did and what David went through for this to come out, this is so powerful. Now, I'm not saying you have to write it like David. I don't want you. This is not to be written as David. You don't have to write a book. It can come out in three, in three verses. It can do five. It can do two. But whatever, whatever you feel in your heart towards God, just write it down. And from that, you will see how far it will go, how far it will take you. So when those, those fools come against you, you, you just smile and laugh. You say, wow, is that all you have? Is that really it? That's what it'll do. But one thing about it, different levels b b bring different devils. So that maturity, that level, hey, knock them down. Keep going. I tell you, preparing for this, anything that you prepare for, he's going to try. Trust me, he's going to try. Just take a step back. Just take one step back and you'll see, wow. You'll say, wow, he almost, and you just keep going. So that's it today, fam.